All right, you know what time it is. That's right, it's time for another episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. So welcome to today's show, and uh, we're going to be hitting up the subject of total depravity. Uh, what is it? Who believed it? Did the early church fathers talk about it? What does the Bible have to say about this and more? So uh, stay tuned for this episode. Restoring Your Voice, with me, your host, I'm going to help you use your God-given voice. I'm going to equip you for the good works of Jesus and prepare you for the return of Jesus. I'm going to do this through hitting up hot biblical topics, problem areas in the body of Christ, in the charismatic, in other areas of the body of Christ, in an attempt to help bring clarification Purity, consecration, in love and patience as the Bible commands. I'm going to have special guests on that are going to equip you and edify you through their stories that give God the glory where you'll get different viewpoints and different areas because we're all one body and we all have a piece of the puzzle to share with one another. So I look forward to you watching, listening, and interacting Alrighty then. Hey, before we start the show, let me just ask, hey, if this is a blessing to you, if, if these episodes really do bless you and really do equip you, would you mind giving? We got three ways for you to give in the chat or in the chat down below in the description. So PayPal, Venmo and uh, Cash App. Hey, choose one, anyone, whatever amount you can give would be greatly appreciated. And by the way, that uh, Restoring Your Voice is now on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, hey, why don't you give the show a follow, all right? Uh, got a lot of lots of uh, edifying um, content that that uh, gets put out on uh, Instagram. So there you go. Hey, I said I was going to do it. Just thinking about doing it. And I just went and did it. Um, so yeah. So we're going to be talking about total depravity today. We'll probably uh, be continuing this kind of thread um, uh, next week. I uh, got some guests coming up for you. Um, got Shana Rattler coming up. Uh, on Tuesday, that's going to be uh, edifying for you. I got um, uh, an independent fundamentalist Baptist interview that I did that's coming up. So uh, subscribe if you haven't. Also hit that like button, hit that share button. And hey, if you have any questions, hey, have them ready or, you know, you question pops up into your head while you're listening. Hey, type question uh, into the chat so that I can uh, read it. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter, I can't read it. So if you're watching on Twitter, go on to the YouTube channel. That way I can read your stuff. All right, so with that being said, out of the way, total depravity is a subject today. Why do I think it's an important subject to hit up? Well, because I think we get a lot of wrong notions about human nature prior to Jesus. And uh, some of that is just wrong beliefs. Some of it is false beliefs. Some of it is just straight up heretical beliefs um and sometimes this can get us into trouble and, and you kind of hear a lot of this wrong stuff and some fr quite frankly false things in the hyper charismatic movement i know i heard it said and taught oh that that it's the spirit man that's that's unblemished and holy and it, it's the the flesh and the soul uh that's corrupted uh and all that so i you know we'll get into that wrong you know wh why that's wrong and you'll see as I as I unpack this, and just to let you know, I did a lot of research onto this, into this, 
And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoy doing research like this. Um, so I'm going to, before we start, I think I started to uh, do something a little bit different for, for this one. And I, I'm going to read some quotes to you. All right. And I'm not going to tell you who said it, um, but I will give you a hint. It was either John Calvin or Jacob Arminius. I'm not going to tell you which one. I'll tell you later on. But um, I'm just going to read a couple of these to you now. Okay. It says, in this fallen state, the free will of man towards the true good is not only wounded, infirm, bent, and weakened, it is also imprisoned, destroyed, and lost. And its powers are not only debilitated and useless unless they be assisted by grace, but it has no powers, no powers whatever, uh, except such as are excited by divine grace. So who said it? Jacob Arminius or John Calvin? Um, by here's another quote by this foul deed he precipitated himself from that noble and elevated condition into a state of the deepest uh, infelicity which is under the dominion of sin for to whom anyone yields himself a servant to obey so two quotes who said it john calvin or jacob arminius hey give your answers hey it's a it, you have a 50 50 shot of being right so why not right so anyway I think this is an important subject to to hit up. Like I said, what does the Bible say? Who who believed it? Is, was this a thing that even the early church fathers believed? Now, mind you, if they believed in this, and we'll get into it, uh, they wouldn't have used the term total depravity. That they they wouldn't have had that terminology just yet back then. But did they believe something that we could call total depravity? Um, like I said, I believe that, and so we're going to get into that. But I, I don't. But this topic, is we're not going to really talk about original sin because I don't think original sin has as much bearing as people make it out to be. What is original sin? That because Adam sinned, um, <clears throat> therefore we're just guilty by association kind of thing. And I, and I don't discard it. But, but we often harp on that and we don't end up talking about our own sin. We, we don't end up talking about that. We have sinned. And this is what the Bible says in Romans 3, 23, is that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all means all. It didn't say uh, you're righteous, but unfortunately you sinned according to Adam's sin. No, Adam had a, obviously the biggest part to play in it, but we all have our own choices to make in life. Um, now, whether we're enabled to make choices for God is a whole nother story, which we'll get into but I believe we have to highlight that. We have to we have to highlight our own responsibility because it's easy to pawn off, well, yeah, Adam did. Or you hear the atheists talk about things like, like that. Like, oh, why should I be held guilty for somebody else's sin? Adam did. Why should God be holding me guilty of it, right? And, well, that's not what the Bible gets into. The Bible does talk about uh, Jesus as the last or second Adam, but it doesn't put such an emphasis on that. I mean, uh, throughout the Gospels, uh, Jesus doesn't really talk about the Garden of Eden and Adam, for instance. Doesn't really highlight it. Why? Because it's not that important. What we do and how we get empowered, by the way, to make a choice matters. And uh, quite frankly, we don't have a choice. Or we don't get a choice. And Or, sorry, let me rephrase that. We're not able to make a choice until God enables us to make a choice. All right. We are a slave to sin. And we know that brother Paul hi highlights that in, uh, in Romans chapter six. Um, so we are 
prior to God, a slave to sin, which means slave, or, I'm getting tongue-tied today. Sin owns us. We are, are completely controlled by it. And every decision we make is based out of that sin nature. I mean, we just have to look at the world today. Well, you say, well, this person makes great choices, or this person is philanthropic, or great parents, or, or whatever, but let me just be honest that most of that stuff is mo motivated by selfish ambition. Make me look good. What, what are people going to say about me? That That's sinful when we when we get into that. Um, but but we have to realize that, that we're under the law of sin and death prior to Jesus. Okay, we are dead men and women walking prior to Jesus. In fact, we, we can't even love God without Jesus. And we, we have to we have to recognize that in its fullness, uh, whether it offends us, whether we like it or not. Hey, when I when I did the research for today's topic, hey, my, my thing was I'm going to follow the truth wherever it leads me. Now, so whether did the early church fathers hold to this or not, I'm going to find out one way or the other. And I and I went and researched this stuff and I went on some some websites and some other sources that that, quite frankly, I could see like, no, nah, it's not going to work because there's a slant to it now we, i know there's a slant to everything we we speak and say and do i get it but sometimes it's a little bit like this sometimes it's like that you know all leaned over completely um but i guess first i want to get into is what did the other churches have to say about this now i found a ton of quotes and i'm not going to go through all of them just for the sake of time and for the sake of brevity but what did for instance some of the other church fathers believe in this well, here's a quote from Athanasius, uh, which some of you might be familiar with him. Um, and the uh, Athanasian Creed is attributed to him, uh, for instance. It says here, uh, Athanasius says here, Indeed, they had in their sinning past all limits. For, having invented wickedness in the beginning, and so involved themselves in death and corruption, they had gone on gradually from bad to worse, not stopping at any kind of evil, but continuing as with insatiable appetite, devising new kinds of sins. Uh, I believe uh, this was referring to what happened in uh, Genesis 6, um, or by the time of Genesis 6, I should say. Um, adulteries and thefts were everywhere. Murder and raping filled the earth. Law was disregarded in corruption and injustice. All kinds of iniquities were perpetuated by all, both singly and in common. Cities were warring with cities. Nations were rising against nations. And the whole earth was rent with factions and battles, while each strove to outdo the other in wickedness. I believe this is talking about total depravity. Um, even crimes contrary to nature were not unknown. But as the martyr apostle uh, of Christ says, their women changed the natural, talking from uh, uh, what Paul was writing in Romans chapter 1. Uh, their women changed the nature, uh, the natural use into that which was is against nature, and the men also leaving the natural use of, of the woman and so on. Uh, so clearly Athanasius, uh, uh, an early church father, uh, is what I can read here, though he may not have used the exact word, held to this term of total depravity. That without God, we are going to sin, we're going to invent new sins, and we're just going to keep on going. And I fully hold to that. Um, but who else might have believed uh, such a thing? Um, Arrhenius or Irenaeus. Uh, man will be justly condemned because being made rational, he has lost true reason and lives irrationally. It's contrary to the justice of God, 
giving himself up to every earthly spirit and serves all pleasure. Boom. Slave to sin in a nutshell. Uh, so that was uh, Irenaeus. Uh, and another one, Tertullian. Satan is the angel of wickedness, the artificer of every error, the interpolator, or I don't even know how to pronounce that word, of every age by whom man from the beginning being circumvented so as to transgress the commands of God was therefore delivered unto death. Hence, he also has made the whole kind or all mankind, which springs from his seed, infected partaker of his damnation, Tertullian. So three quotes um, from early church fathers. Like I said, there are many more out there and, uh, and I got to thank people. And I tried to sound smart while saying it, but I kind of screwed up that word. So, oh, well, that goes out the window. Anyways, um, yeah, so clearly uh, many of the early church fathers held to this, what we would, what became to be known uh, later on in the Reformation as total depravity. Uh, so why, why, do, why am I highlighting what they believed, why, what they said? Um, not, not trying to make anything out of it, but just to say that um, a lot of our doctrine that we can see, whether it's false or wrong or correct, uh, we can see from these uh, early church fathers what they held to. Obviously, Scripture is our standard for everything, um, and we don't hold to, to a man's doctrine when it goes against Scripture. But what, what, what I just read to you, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form goes against scripture. And I believe it speaks, it speaks perfectly um, about mankind prior to Jesus, that without Jesus, without redemption, without the Holy Spirit, without the Father, we, we don't even, our, our choice is, is hell-bent, literally hell-bent, uh, bent on sin. Bent with some sort of sin in mind. Now, you may say, oh, that's a little harsh. I mean, I'm not a murderer, and I wouldn't go around doing that to people. And you probably wouldn't. Just like when I was sinning, I wouldn't do it. But I was still sinning. You know, um, it's, it's, it's like, um, what's his name? Ray Comfort. You know, how he goes out there. Now, I don't agree with his overall approach when evangelizing uh, as a blanket approach, but I do appreciate it because it does highlight depravity. You know, people are like, oh, I'm a good person. And he's like, so he just starts listing off the Ten Commandments, right? Have you ever lied, right? Obviously, everybody has lied. Um, have you ever done this? Have you ever stole? Have you ever coveted? Uh, things like that. Like, so clearly, like, if, if we have done that, we have sinned. Uh, and and that's it. And without Jesus, we cannot be cleansed from that sin. We can't even make a choice for God. In fact, in our heart of hearts, uh, we hate God. And I know people would dis disagree with that. I know there are some people who say, well, their wife, their husband, somebody they knew who was uh, an atheist, um, this, they didn't hate God. And, and they never thought they hated God. But if they didn't hate God, then prior to their, to their uh, conversion, prior to their being born again, why, were, why didn't they make a decision for God prior to that then? Just posing, just throwing that question out there um, for for your consumption to chew on and meditate on. Uh, but if if they didn't hate God, that means they would have loved God, and then they would have made a decision for Him. Because when it comes to God, by the way, we don't get the option of playing uh, Switzerland. Okay, we, we don't get to be neutral. All right, it's either we hate or we love, or for or against. 
we're going to heaven or we're going to hell. There's no in between there. So we love or hate him. And if we were able to love him in our own power, then why didn't we make a choice before that? So, so what? Now we did that. Now I said I would get around to who uh, who actually said those quotes, right? Um, because why? Because we often throw this <clears throat> total depravity into a certain category. Well, that's a Calvinist doctrine, or that's a that's a Reformed doctrine. Yet those quotes I read to you earlier were from Jacob Arminius, right? Where we get Arminianism, Arminianism from, like we get Calvinism from John Calvin. Uh, well, from Mr. Arminius there, or Herr Arminius, he believed this. So before we try to throw, well, brother, are you a Calvinist now? Are you a reform now? Or, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an Arminian either, or even a classical Arminian per se, but you know, I just don't like to fall into isms. But we, we throw this, oh, that's that's that crowd over there. And then on the flip side of it, some some Calvinists, not all, uh, some say if if you don't hold to this, you're a heretic and they go on the other extreme. Like that's that's far out there. By the way, let me just give a word of warning. Let me pause and say before before you throw out the word heretic, I urge you to actually know the definition of that word, by the way. Um, so Arminius held to this, right? So we often think of Calvin and Ar Arminius as on opposing sides on every issue you can think of, but it's not true. Actually, they held closer beliefs than many think, by the way. So I'm just highlighting that to get you to see that that total depravity isn't something new, okay? Nor did it start in the Reformation with John Calvin or prior to him, uh, Zwingli. Um, it didn't start with any of them. Okay, this I'm just highlighting to you from church fathers, from from both uh, Arminius, Arminius and Calvin, both held to this doctrine. So I'm just letting you know that before you think, oh, it's some new doctrine. I want to, and I laid the foundation for all of that to lay, to say, okay, what does Scripture have to say? Because okay, does this hold hold to Scripture, right? Because honestly, that's the true test. It's not while wow, somebody so respected said it and believed it. No. It's, does it hold up to Scripture? And I started off this, uh, with the Scripture for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Your your verse might say, or your version might say, and fallen short of the glory of God, and that's okay. But the point is, all have sinned. All right, we can't come to God. Period. But but we often just think of we miss the mark, right? We often well, I just I tried hard and it just wasn't good enough, and that's completely wrong. I, I don't like it. I, I, you know, I'm sure many of you heard it and were taught it, and I, just like I heard it numerous times, and I was taught it numerous times. But to say that, well, we we just we fall short in the sense of of that. I tried and I tried, and I just I just can't reach it on my own. Or Christ is the one who bridges the chasm. Maybe you've seen those memes like that, where where uh, where it's a cliff on one side and a cliff on the other side, and between that is a cross, and that doesn't quite get it either it looks nice but it's just i don't see i don't see that it's true i see that it's wrong um at, at the end of the day because what what, I, what i'm uh telling you with total depravity is in, in my words is that it means that when it says we have fallen short come short is that we couldn't even make a decision in the first place okay we didn't even get in the race 
We didn't even try. We can't even try. We don't even want to try first. That's how short we've come, right? Um, I know we like to take biblical language and we like to put our, our postmodern um, thought process um, onto that, you know, the age of enlightenment into that, and we can't do that, okay? This was written for an audience, first and foremost, that would have understood all of this is what I'm trying to tell you today. Okay, so all that being said, what, what does the scriptures, does it hold up to scriptures? We, we actually have to do that, right? So I, I'm going to, uh, right now, propose to you what do the scriptures say. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 18 to 19, it says, Having their understanding darkened, excluded from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of their hearts, being calloused, they have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every evil kind of impurity with greediness. Ephesians 4, 18, 19. So here this is telling us that our understanding is, is darkened. And we know uh, John and First John uh, talks about that walking in darkness, right? If it's darkened, you can't see, all right? It's dark. You know, you have no way of knowing which way is up, down, or left, right, or anything. All right, and it says here again, uh, through the ignorance that is within them. So who's them? Us. Us who are without Christ. Us who have who has not yet uh, had the truth revealed to them. That's, that's what this is saying. Total depravity. Completely total depravity. Unable to love God. Uh, unable to even have an understanding. No understanding. Right? We know that, that it says in Proverbs that the beginning... Of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord, okay? Reverencing God, keeping his name holy, okay? Uh, not wanting to disobey him. Right? Does, does that describe somebody who is outside of Christ? Absolutely not. They disobey him at a whim. They don't even care to obey him, in fact. Uh, they sometimes they don't even care. They don't even know they're disobeying. But but it's making this, this here. Give, I mean, not only sin, but giving us ourselves over to sin, or it says here to uh, giving themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Don't we see that? Haven't we seen that happen throughout history? And, you, you know, pick a point in time in history. Uh, pick pick a, a time, uh, I don't know, the Persians, the, the Seleucids, uh, the Roman Empire, uh, the Prussian Empire, mm, the Tsars in Russia, you know, all the way up till now. Uh, look at China right now. Look at old Putin right now. You know, and and more. Doesn't that declare to you the total depravity of mankind? You know, World War II, uh, one of the worst things has ever happened in, in the history of the entire world. How about that one? I mean, if that doesn't uh, tell you of man's total depravity uh, without Jesus Christ, I don't know what will, but hey, uh, what about that whole sin thing? What is that? In Romans 5.12, therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death has spread to all men because all have sinned. Notice once again, the scriptures are not putting the emphasis on, on uh, original sin or original guilt. That is, that's not where the emphasis is. Yes, it does mention uh, this one man or Adam that sin came into the world. But it says, so death is spread to all men. Why? Because all have sinned. So we are responsible. 
Okay? Guaranteed, we get a choice. So if that doesn't speak of me not being a Calvinist, I don't know what will, but um, uh, we get a choice eventually, not in our own power. Okay, that's like what would be considered semi-Pelagianism. In other words, there's something good in us that enables us to make a choice for God without God. Okay, that's semi-Pelagianism. That's, that's no bueno. I don't hold to that either. But it says, because all have sinned. Who's all? That's you. That's me. That's every person who's ever been born, whoever will be born, when they're able to make a choice. So if you want to know what the definition, of, of what do I mean by that? By sin, uh, Brother James puts it right. For him to do, for him who knows to do right and does it not to him, it is sin, pretty much. Right? I mean, think about it. Think about it. Just when your child is cognizant, for you parents out there, of, of knowing the difference between right and wrong, not, uh, knowing the difference between doing right and wrong, not that they do wrong because they don't really know it's wrong yet, you know, when your toddler stamps his foot and screams no at you, he doesn't know he's doing it. He just doesn't want to do whatever it is that you told him to do. He just wants to scream no. He doesn't know that it's wrong. He just... But but there's an age uh, when, when children um, know the difference and they choose to sin anyways. Why? Because we're all born with an inherent sin nature. And, and when we're old enough to know the difference between right and wrong... Right, we know to when our parents they tell us to, you know, tell us to brush our teeth, right? Especially for you, for you fellow guys out there, you probably remember this growing up, right? You were like, maybe you might go in there and brush your teeth. Most likely, though, you would go into the bathroom, maybe run the water, come out of the bathroom. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. Not only, not only did you disobey, but you lied, right? Why? Because that's the nature that's within us. Okay. I don't care who you are, but there's never been a child out there who has not sinned against their parents, by the way, in any way, shape, or form. Why? Because that's our nature in us. All right? That's just the way it is, whether you like it or not, whether you get offended by this or not. Hey, Aubrey, good to see you here. Um, it's just, it is the way it is. Uh, it's human nature. Okay? It is our fallen nature. That's why we we... You know, people out there, for instance, addicts, right? Now, I'm not dogging on, on any one person. I'm not condemning any one person out there. But but why do you think people are addicts in the first place and, and, they, and they struggle to break free of something? Because they can't break free. There's nothing good in of them to break free. Notice, why, why do you think there are relapses or or that many times addicts will, will replace one something bad and they'll just, it won't go away. They'll not stop doing it something bad, they'll just replace it with something else. Okay? I mean, I, I, I knew that growing up with my own dad. All right? He's, he eventually, thank God, stopped being an alcoholic. He just replaced it with other things. That's all. Um, why? Because we can't break free of sin on our own. We had nothing good in us without God. We can't even understand the things of God. We can't even be empowered to make a decision prior to God. This is what the scriptures say. Uh, here we go. Let me scroll down. Here we go. Romans chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. Uh, there is none righteous. No, not one. So, once again, nobody is righteous in and of themselves, nothing in and of ourselves. Now it says here, going on, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. I didn't write this, right? Calvin didn't write this. Um, some other... Um, 
Uh, Arminius didn't write this. Zwingli didn't write this. This is Brother Paul writing, unless you want to label Paul Calvinist. Uh, and Paul was Paul. Uh, anyway, he says, there is no one. So once again, highlighting, we don't even seek after God. We don't even want to seek after God in and of ourselves. All right, they have all turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is no one who does good. No, not one. So, so far, with the quotes that I've read you, right, I, I read you quotes from uh, Arminius. I read you quotes from um, Tertullian and Athanasius. Athanasius and Tertullian, and you can find more. Does do do these quotes line up with scripture? I believe a hundred thousand percent it does. They do. I believe they, they line up with scripture perfectly because, like I said, at the end of the day, just because somebody says something doesn't line up with scripture. Because just to you know, without going down a rabbit hole, um uh, Augustine. Right? Many people say, well, Augustine was a cessationist. He didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, it doesn't line up with the Bible, but then later in life he does. So, anyway, just, just, to, just to give you a highlight of the importance of this, do things line up with Scripture. So, we're, we're clearly seeing here that we don't choose God in and of ourselves. We don't even, we reject God, in fact, and we choose to sin. We can't even understand anything about God in and of ourselves. Okay, so, so there's that. So, so now, the process. So what happens? How, how do we get out of this mess? Well, first it says here, uh, Jesus saying in, in John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the father who has sent me draws him and I will raise him up on that last day. Now, now some uh, would call that, let me see, uh, irresistible grace. And if they're calling it irresistible grace, as in, as in the father is drawing us, giving us the grace to believe and make a choice. Absolutely. I'm on board with that. Now, describing it as an irresistible grace, like a black hole, you know, reaching the event horizon, there's no escape. No, that's not, that, I don't hold to that. But bottom line is we can't even come to God, right? We don't want anything to do with God. We're up to the point where the, where the Father draws somebody. We're, we're in complete rebellion and rejection of God wholeheartedly, 100%, no punches pulled, okay? Now, if that's being said, then... Well, drawing is one thing, right? Like, kind of like, I am drawn to a nice pickup truck. I'm not going to lie, all right? I prefer it uh, khaki-colored or sand-colored, by the way, in case anybody ever wants to get me one. But, uh, kidding, maybe not. Um, anyway, you know, doesn't mean I'm going to buy it, right? Don't, doesn't mean I have a spare uh, $50,000 or more lying around to do it, right? Doesn't mean I'm going to make a choice to do it. Uh, or something, even I was at Walmart today and saw some nice things, but I wasn't drawn to them. So, so the Father draws us. So how do we know, how are we able to make a choice then if, if this total depravity is true? Well, it says right here uh, in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says here, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So in our nature, in our fallen nature, in our totally depraved state, uh, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So you might, you might, you might hear that or read that and like, that doesn't make any sense to me. How am I, I cannot receive the thing spirit of God. No, in our fallen nature, we can do it. We cannot even make a choice. But the spirit of God, God, the Holy Spirit, 
right? In conjunction with, you know, because it's God is trying the nature, right? The Father draws us, the Spirit opens up our eyes to discern the difference between good and evil. Now we're able to make a choice, but before that, we are not. Why? Because the things of God are spiritually discerned. And in our fallen nature, right, the nature of man, as it says here, cannot. So do I believe in total depravity? Absolutely. Does scripture line up with that theological term? Absolutely. Do what some of the, the early church fathers said line up with this? Absolutely. Uh, is this a Calvinist versus Arminian doctrine? No. Is this a new doctrine? Absolutely not. This this is nothing new. This is in the Bible, so, you know, uh, roughly 500 years prior, right, to John Calvin. This was around. It was something taught and believed by the early church fathers. So we're talking second century and onward. This was believed. So no, I don't believe this is anything new. And I believe that this is that we have to come to grips with this because we, we don't get a right view of God. And we don't get a right view of ourselves. Okay. We, we can't go out there mincing words. All right. We, we go out there enough and mince the gospel, right. Or mince yeah, water down the gospel, right? You start mentioning words, why not want to tone it down for people? This is this is part of the gospel message. This is the stuff that Jesus taught. This is the stuff that Paul taught and believed in. Both and more. This is nothing new. And I, and I guarantee when Paul was right was penning that letter to to the uh to the Christians in Rome, he wasn't like, I, I'm a, this might offend people. I don't know if I should, I should probably maybe tone this down. I don't know. Of course, they didn't have racist back then. But uh, no, he didn't. Okay, obviously he didn't. I mean, it's, it's a joke. I, I get it. Um, but we need to realize this. All right. And, you know, you say, well, brother, I thought you were charismatic. I am. But I'm biblical. Okay. I'm charismatic, but I'm biblical, which too often it's not the same thing. I'm going to hold by what the Bible tells me, and I'm going to I'm going to go down that road of truth regardless of where it leads me. Whether it corrects me, well, praise God. Well, you know, I learn something. Maybe maybe it affirms uh, a belief I've been struggling with. Well, praise God. Either way, I'm I'm going down that road. I'm seeking the truth where wherever I might find it, whatever that leads to. And I urge you to do the same thing. So, so while you're out there in your daily Christian walk, because that's what the show is all about at the end of the day, it's all about equipping you for the good works of Christ. I urge you to do the same thing. I urge you to search truth out, wherever it leads, whether it affirms something you believe, whether it, it, it corrects you, but either one is good. All right. They're not, they're not opposites. Either, either way, we're going to be glad closer to God. When we seek out things from an unbiased point of view, when we when we search the truth out and say, you know what, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my biases aside for right now. All right, I'm gonna try my best, and, and nobody does it perfectly. I'm I'm going to try to read this from an unbiased viewpoint. I'm gonna research this topic out from an unbiased viewpoint. I guarantee that you will only be made better. All right. You will, your your walk with 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 God 
will only um, be even that more intimate. All right, you will become stronger in your faith. You'll be able to give, and you'll be better able to give an answer for your faith. It, it's only going to better us in the long run. Okay, I've I had my views of things and beliefs of things corrected many times, sometimes by others, a lot of times through just plain study, and I'm sure that my views will be continually be corrected until the day I die. Then I'm going to get up to heaven and I'm going to really be corrected my things because I'm going to realize how wrong I was and how much I didn't know anyway. So either way, I'm not 100% right. You're not 100% right. Let's just search for truth wherever it may lead us. And at the end of the day, you know what? We'll be okay. So God bless you, everybody. Don't forget to share this. Thank you so much for watching. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Of course, I'll be back Monday. And we're gonna, we're probably going to continue. Um, hey, if you want to watch church services online, go ahead. I'm going to be continuing my um, sermon series on God's sovereignty. I wasn't able to do it last week. Um, I, if you guys don't know, so, so I do suffer from medical problems, and one of them ha happens to be uh, my stomach. Uh, many times, without without reason, I get sick and uh, I get nauseous and I vomit. So appreciate your prayers in this area. So that's why I wasn't able to preach uh, last Sunday. If you were looking out for it and like, what happened? Well, that's what happened, unfortunately. But hey, keep me in your prayers so that I will be able to preach Sunday. No problemo. And also we are, we have a veterans group here in Corpus Christi, Texas. All right. Uh, so please pray for that. We got a lot of veterans out there who need help and uh, we are here to help them. I'm equipped to do that. Um, not only being retired army, but being a combat veteran as well of three combat tours in Iraq. So keep praying for, keep praying for, uh, for us in that regard. So thank you very much for watching. I love you all. Uh, truly honored by every person who decides to watch these things and subscribes and all that. So God bless all of you out there.